Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Movie Shed Podcast. I am, of course, your cinema-loving, shed-dwelling host, Mike. Ah, Disney. When you mention this company by name, you no doubt have images of their family-friendly movies dance through your head. Or perhaps you think on their various theme parks and Dora the Attractions. But does the word controversial appear when you think Disney? Well, I'm going to talk about them today, and I'm saving the obvious film of controversy for last. So buckle up, everyone, as we explore controversial Disney. All right. Our very first one is going to be Dumbo. Now, what is so controversial about this timeless animated classic? Well, a few things, to be honest. The big one is the the crows, as they talk in this exaggerated jive manner that often caricatured black people at the time. Then you find that the leader of the crows is named Jim Crow. A little on the nose with that one, Disney. Now, I don't think this film needs to be expunged from history, nor do I think this film is above reproach when it comes to its racial caricatures. The direction that Disney took to include a disclaimer before the film I think is fine. Dumbo is a product of its time, and just like the people who made it were products of their time. And that is reflected in the finished product. let's go on to number two. And that is, that is of course, Peter Pan. Uh, the problem here was that was the way uh, the Indians are portrayed in this movie are a comedic spin on the noble savage trope that would crop up in movies at around this time. Again, I do not condone this caricature of a people, but again, it was a product of its time, and again, a disclaimer before the film is, again, fine in my opinion. I think the idea behind this, if I were to kind of peel back the veil, as it were, was this was how children at the time played cowboys and Indians, and how the kids would portray Indians in their minds. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, it's simply, I'm th simply guessing and what the thought process was when they came up with this. After all, it's the Island of Lost Boys, and the Indians there are Indians in which you would imagine kids of the time period portraying Indians in their mind. Now, the third film, Lady and the Tramp, when that was the Siamese Cats. But how can Siamese Cats be controversial? again, because of racial caricatures. And this one really was done with a sense of maybe not outright maliciousness, but it was done with a kind of undercurrent of disdain. You see, when uh, The Lady and the Tramp came out in the U.S., we had just fought in World War II and the Korean War. 
and anti-Asian sentiment was still quite high. After all, I mean, throughout both wars, there was lots of propaganda. If you go back through not just, you know, Disney, but through, like, say, the Looney Tunes, you'd see all of the propaganda films that were done to caricature and demonize the Imperial Japanese. And this continued on through Korea. So, a pair of Siamese cats, with the caricature traits, such as being sneaky, manipulative, using broken English, being, you know, generally evil. These things appeared in the propaganda films. Also appeared in these cats as characters. I don't know if... I don't think it was really in, intentional that, you know, oh, we hate Asians. I think it was more of a... You keep seeing this you keep seeing this over and over and over again until pretty soon that becomes your kind of opinion, your un this uh, kind of thought process that goes into it. So was it because ah we hate those people from the east? Eh, not so much. I think it was more of a because of just seeing years and years of propaganda films and being a part of the propaganda in making this propaganda themselves, a lot of the Disney animators are like, well, they just kind of leaned into it. You know, that's, again, that's my thought process on this. But now, there is one particular film that I'm pretty sure a lot of you are like, when are you going to talk about it? Clearly, it's one that you're going to have to talk about. It's one that, it's a film that not even Disney wants to talk about. Well, here it is, Song of the South. And here we are, the big one at long last. Uh, the controversy surrounding this film dates back to its source material. Uh, the book it's based on, Uncle Remus, His Songs and Sayings, uh, written by Joel Chandler Harris, was controversial when it went into print, due in part to the way the people in the book talk as... Uh, the author, Joel Harris, um, yeah, Joel Harris, used a dialect he created to represent how the uh, slaves and former slaves talked. Uh, the fact that Harris collected these stories from slaves and former slaves and then created a character to tell those same stories does not endear him to the black community. Uh, I recall correctly, there was a lot of people at you know, around that time, and as the years went by, that really did not like this. They saw this book as a way of kind of, again, stripping away the, the songs, the stories, the sayings that were taken from people who were in, you know, who were slaves or had just been freed from slavery and taking something away from them without really giving them a whole lot of credit. As, again, Joel created a character who was kind of an amalgamation of all of these different peoples that he had come into contact with. I mean, the very story about how the book came about was he was a young man, and he was working at a plantation. And he uh, went and began listening and collecting these stories from the slaves there. 
But that's the book. Uh, the film itself, honestly, is kind of average at best, as the animation parts are overshadowed by the live-action parts that tend to plod. And yet, Disney has kept this movie in the vault because of its, shall we say, complicated past. Part of that complicated past was when it was released. It was actually released, uh, I forget the theater, but it was in the South, to which people were, of course, thrilled with it. The majority white audience was absolutely thrilled with the show because there was no real way of letting anyone know that the story is supposed to take place during Reconstruction, so about the 1870s. I'm sure most of the white audience there were looking at it more of, you know, around the antebellum South, sometimes around like the 1840s, 1850s, going, yeah, yeah that's, that's the way it was, and it was good back then. So there was a lot of complications. But, you know... As I think about this, this particular film, as well as with the other films, there's a uh, person, and I, th I think uh, a quote from this particular person might be in order. Uh, the person is uh, Douglas Broad. He's a, uh, sorry, a Syracuse University film expert. And I think he says it best. And I quote, What I would say in defense of, the, of Song of the South is the same thing I would say about Showboat. If you study them in the context of the time in which they were made, they are socially progressive. I believe that anything on film or television from more than ten years ago can be seen as racist today. Racist, insensitive, homophobic, whatever you're going to pick on, in Song of the South it's not the message that has aged poorly so much as the style of its delivery, which is not to say I believe it's racist because I don't. End quote. Now you see, I think that really does sum up my thoughts on films such as these. They were not made with a racist agenda in mind, not like Birth of a Nation. I mean, Birth of a Nation really did have a very much racial superiority, racial inferiority thing going on that was its agenda. Song of the South really doesn't. It does not have that kind of bit. The various racial caricatures of the other Disney films that we talked about really don't. What they're there is to tell a story and to entertain. The story... The stories, all of them, are timeless. The problem is, is that the delivery, the way that story and those messages are delivered, are not timeless. They are created by people as a product of their times. And we need to keep in mind, yes, there was a time in which people were far less sensitive to, to other peoples of other nationalities, of other genders, other races, other religions. But we cannot just condemn them out of hand. We can, in fact, look at them as ways, much like Disney is kind of doing now, which is to put a disclaimer. 
yes, there are people who are just like up in arms about it because they cannot fathom the idea that Disney could do this. But Disney and its various films are products of flawed human beings. And not only flawed human beings, but human beings that existed in times that were deeply flawed. How can we, in this day and age, be so puritanical in that respect? I think it would be far, a far more honest take to look at it and go, look, the attitudes of the people back then are not acceptable to the peoples of today. However, we can still see merit in the work they created. So will we, we will use these, you know, flawed moments of the past to teach people of today and the future that this is not right, that this is not correct, that this is not the way we handle the relations with other peoples. I don't see this as a big issue, and yet everyone has to get has to be on their own soapbox, I suppose. Nothing else to do. I know, it's a little heavy-handed with this one, but that's kind of the territory when you start digging into these things. There are always going to be those... There's going to always be those moments, those films, and those moments within the films, that are going to resonate badly with someone, with a group of people, or with a society in general. You know, the problem is, is that we have to look at it based solely on the merits of the work. You know, if, if we didn't do that, if we were to go around and saying that if uh, there's, you know, racial caricatures in a particular film, if the film is still worthwhile, still has a good message, it's just that it has, it, it, it was created with these racial caricatures because of the products of their time. And we just throw baby out with the bathwater. We lose something. Well, you know, that's just my opinion. And everyone has one these days. But uh, I think that's going to be it for me for today. So it's time to close up the old shed. But before I go, just perhaps uh, this might spark a conversation among all of y'all. Talk about it. Maybe see where kind of where I'm coming from. Maybe you have similar thoughts. Maybe you don't. At least there are conversations going. Well, I got to go, but I will catch y'all next time.